our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, I'm Adeline from France. Since the day I was born, I've had a sworn enemy, my older sister, Sienna. I think she just didn't like sharing our parents, even though they practically worshipped her. She looked like an angel with her blonde curls and blue eyes, and they thought she could do no wrong. Only I knew she was pure evil. Once when I was five, I'd spent hours making a tall Lego building, and suddenly, Sienna came running and knocked it down. Why did you do that, witch? Why did you do that, witch? Stop that! Stop that! I hate you, Sienna! You're the best Sienna! I leapt forward and pulled her hair and she screamed like crazy. She pushed me off and then she bit her own arm. As my parents came running, she started to cry. I, I tripped and fell on Adeline's Lego and I said I was really, really sorry. But look, she bit me. No, I didn't. She bit herself. Stop lying, Adeline. Why would she do that? Is she crazy? Uh, yeah. But Sienna just got extra ice cream after dinner, and I had to go without dessert for two weeks. Not only was Sienna poster child beautiful, she had a really sunny personality in front of everybody, and it made her a family favorite, which meant she always got showered by compliments and better gifts. Once in sixth grade, we had a Christmas dinner at our place, and just as I stepped out of my room, I slipped and landed in a puddle of chocolate sauce. Oh my God! As I ran down angrily, everyone looked at me in surprise, but no one was more shocked than Sienna. Oh, poor Adeline. What happened to your beautiful dress? Is that mud or poop? You know what it is, Sienna. You did this. Me? I I've been here all this time. And why would I do that? Adeline, can you please stop blaming your sister for everything? Just come now. It's time for family portraits. And in all the pictures, everyone was gathered around Sienna while I stood on the side in my ugly dress. I slipped out halfway through dinner to the park. It's not like anyone would notice. As I was angrily kicking up dirt, I suddenly jumped when someone spoke behind me. Having a bad day, I looked around to see a girl my age on a bench. She was pretty, but she had a really bad haircut. Yeah, I am. My sister ruins everything for me, and no one even sees it. Ugh. Siblings are the worst. I hate my brother. Mom lets him get away with everything. Her name was Bianca, and she'd recently moved to our neighborhood. We bonded instantly, and I didn't even recognize how much time had gone by. As I was leaving, I suddenly turned around. Why is your hair like that? Oh, my mom loves my hair. So I chopped it off just to annoy her. I grinned. I like this girl already. And just like Bianca told me to, I left some dog poop under Sienna's bed. Her room stank so much by morning, she couldn't sleep there for days. Since that day, Bianca and I were best friends. She joined the same school, and having her around made life with Sienna so much more bearable. She didn't even find Sienna as impressive as everyone else did. Sure, she's pretty, but you've got a great personality. That's what you say to someone who's not pretty, Bianca. You didn't let me finish. You're smarter and cooler, and I think that makes you prettier than her. Now you're just lying to make me feel better. It was nice to hear such things for a change, but I didn't really believe Bianca. She was just good to me because she was my friend. The best two years of my life was when Sienna moved to high school, but soon enough, I had to join her there. 
I begged my parents to send me somewhere different. You guys going to the same school is easier for me. Sienna never complains. You could learn something from her, and she'll help you find your way around the new campus. Right, Sienna? Of course, Daddy. Haven't I always taken care of Adeline? But as soon as we reached school on my first day, Sienna waited for our car to leave and then turned to me. Listen to me, idiot. I want you to stay away from my friends and my hot boys at my school. Don't come near me. Don't even look at me. I don't want anyone knowing my sister is from Planet Loser. As if I want anyone thinking I'm related to the queen of Planet Bimbo. Oh, don't worry. No one will be thinking about you. And she pushed me aside and joined some girls who all looked like models. Ugh, I hated this place already. Thank God for Bianca. Later that day, as I was putting stuff in my locker, I turned around and crashed straight into a boy. I started picking everything up and he bent down to help. And our heads bumped against each other's hard. <laughs> we both fell back and started laughing. He helped me to my feet and I couldn't help noticing that he was really cute. I definitely had to find out more about him. But later that afternoon, I was taking a nap when Sienna pushed me off my bed. Wake up, ugly. Tell me why you were talking to Simon. Gosh, you're such a psycho. And who's Simon? That guy you were flirting with by the lockers? Oh, him. Why are you so interested? Because that boy is mine. Are you two dating? Well, not technically. We're really good friends, but he's about to ask me out any day. See, I even got a tattoo with his name. Why are you so lame? He's not even your boyfriend yet. You know what everyone likes, especially boys? Confidence. I'm completely sure he will be my boyfriend, so stay away from him. But I was really curious to know how close he and Sienna actually were. So when she was out with her friends, I sneaked into her room and looked for her diary. And it was worse than I thought. She was completely obsessed with him. She even had a picture of them with two random kids in a caption. Our perfect family. <laughs> Jeez. I couldn't help reading the rest of her diary. And other than her Simon obsession, it looked like she really liked to write down all sorts of gossip and mean comments about her friends. Just then, I heard Sienna's voice downstairs, and I dashed out of her room like a bullet. A couple of days later, it was my 15th birthday, and the only plan I had was a movie night with Bianca. But when we got home, I was shocked to find my parents and Sienna and other people yelling surprise at me. What? You guys threw me a surprise birthday party? Oh, it was all Sienna's idea. Looking around, I noticed that none of my classmates were here. It was all people Sienna knew, including Simon. Where are my friends? What friends? Bianca's here, isn't she? I thought it would be a really lame party with one friend, so I invited mine. So sweet of you, Sienna. No, it's not. You basically just threw a party for yourself. Stop being such a crybaby, will you? The cake's got your name on it. I saw her friends snickering, and then they just put on loud music and started to dance. And I'd just had it. I went upstairs and got her diary from her room. I pulled the power cord, and the music suddenly died. Attention, everyone. Since you're all gathered here, I thought I'd let you know what your amazing friend, Sienna, thinks of you. And she turned white when she saw the diary in my hand, and I started reading out loud. She chased me all over the room as I dodged her and kept reading things loudly. But finally, she caught up to me, and we both ended up in a heap on the ground. And the diary went flying at Simon's feet. What's this? and his eyes flew wide when he saw all the stuff about him. Sienna got up and snatched it, but Simon was already looking really uncomfortable, and the rest of her friends were glaring at her. And suddenly, they all left, and she turned around to pounce on me again. How could you do something so horrible? You're shocked? After all the horrible things you've always done to me? My parents jumped in and pulled us apart, and as Sienna stormed off to her room, they went running behind her. I got up and grinned at Bianca. That was epic, wasn't it? No, Adeline. That was horrible. What do you mean? Sienna totally deserved it. I didn't make up those things. She wrote them. But you're the person who took her diary and then read it out loud in front of everyone. Wouldn't you do the same thing to your brother? Heck no. 
Yeah, we fight a lot, but I would never stoop this low. I can't believe you're mad at me. More like really disappointed. As she walked off, her words felt like a slap in the face. And then I just felt mad. Sienna had never been good to me, so I didn't have to feel bad about my revenge. In fact, I decided to continue with it. The next day, I went shopping and bought the nicest clothes I could afford and new makeup. I took a long time getting myself ready for school and I looked great. Sienna's jaw dropped as I got into the car for school. Oh, wow, Adeline. 15 looks good on you. Thanks, Mom. There was another thing I needed to learn from Sienna, confidence. So later at recess, I took a deep breath and walked over to the table where Sienna's friends were sitting. Hi, everyone. I'm sitting here today. What makes you think you're going to do that? You were all there last night, right? Aren't you glad I showed you Sienna's true face? Well, that's true. I guess you can sit. What's with the makeover? Well, it is my birthday. Does that mean we owe you a cake? Sure, why not? And just like that, I started hanging out with Sienna's old friend, which obviously made her really mad. Bianca was still avoiding me too, but at least I wasn't alone. I was getting a taste of what it was like to be Sienna, and I was liking it. And then one day, Simon came and sat next to me in the library. Hey, Adeline, I just wanted to say what you did at the birthday party was cool. Who knew Sienna had such a mean streak? And also, the stuff she wrote about me? That was just creepy. I almost asked her out, can you imagine? So, I was wondering, maybe you and I could hang out tonight? Someone who almost asked out Sienna wanted to ask me out? Amazing! We exchanged numbers, and just then I spotted Bianca looking at me and turning away, and I went after her. So what? You're never gonna talk to me again? I don't even know who you are now. Oh wait, I do. You're Sienna's clone. You look like her, hang out with her friends, go after the guy she wants. You know what, Bianca? It's easy for you to be judgy because you don't know what it's like to be compared your entire life to a sister who the world thinks is perfect. I never thought that, but that doesn't count, right? And don't blame the world. You just see yourself as Sienna's sister. You compare yourself to her the most. Give me a call when you decide to be yourself again because I liked that person. I had a sinking feeling as she walked away. It was really bothering me that Bianca didn't like me right now. And later when it was time for my date with Simon, I was about to text him to cancel when he told me he was already outside. Oh God, I didn't want Sienna to see him there. But as I rushed out, I already found her with him and she was kissing him. But Simon pushed her away. What are you doing, Sienna? Babe, I know you like me and you were gonna ask me out. Yeah, that was before I found out how obsessed you are with me. You were hot when you were playing hard to get, but not anymore. Simon, I was there for you when your parents got divorced. We've been friends for so long. Are you really gonna be this way with me? Why are you even here then? I'm here for your sister, who is much cooler than you. So please, get a life and leave me alone. I'd never heard anyone speak to Sienna like that before. The hurt look on her face made me see her like a real person for the first time. Simon, don't talk to her like that. Save it, Adeline. The last thing I need is you defending me. Yeah, why are you defending her now after you exposed her, babe? And thank God for that. I almost went out with a desperate loser. That is enough. No one gets to be mean to my sister other than me, jerk. And I punched him in the face. He howled in pain as I took Sienna's hand and we went inside. You didn't have to do that. Yes, I did. Listen, Sienna, I was already about to cancel the date with him. I'm sorry, okay? Sorry about the diary and your friends and trying to steal the guy you liked. It looks like he did me a favor there. Yeah, but that's not the point. Can we just give up our dumb fighting already? I don't like who I'm turning into. You're my sister and we don't have to like each other, but I don't want to hate you either. Yeah, I guess we could try that. Good. I gotta go see Bianca. As I was running off, Sienna suddenly said, You know Bianca likes you, right? Not right now she doesn't. No, stupid. I mean, she like likes you. I stared at her in shock. Could it be? I... I think you're wrong. I'm not. I know these things. Why else would anyone think you're prettier than me? 
it's the only explanation. Bianca likes you. For the first time ever, your sister's right. Shocking, but it's true. I turned around to see Bianca standing behind me, smiling. I could feel myself turning red. I ran to her and we hugged. Bianca and Adeline sitting on a tree. K-I-S-S-I. Shut up, Sienna. Let's get out of here. Hi, friends. This story's gonna surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse. And it was all my fault. It's just the way I am. Lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of prank. By the way, that's what my parents thought too. Very funny, Sylvia, smiled my mother. Where did you hide the camera? In the sugar bowl? Except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank. And in fact, I had no idea what to do. My parents never yelled at me, so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week. By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning and I locked myself in my room listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though. They were too different to enjoy each other's company. Mother was a very kind but extremely serious person with a decent profession, a high paying job, and a classic American family. Aunt Nikki, on the other hand, it was like she was stuck at the age of 18, dressed very strangely, into mystical stuff, sang mantras, and never worked. What do you live on, Nikki? My mother was indignant every time. I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week. This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia, he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. And what came of it? The best week in American history! I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers, and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. 
and I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, appreciating the joke. But I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it. Okay, not going in means not going in. There were so many perks of living with my aunt. We talked about everything. We went for walks, did yoga, dancing like crazy to weird music. And all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day. Then I accidentally overheard a conversation that I wasn't supposed to hear. Aunt Nikki, it turned out, was helping people solve their problems. No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia. More like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. I happened to be part of one of those consultations, going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up, a woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation, and we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money, I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers, she nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. <laughs> Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I liked hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, the doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Halliwell, your five pizzas, they're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as I began to make a plan of action. I had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what. I wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny. I would have been more specific if I didn't have a fat F in geography. Over the next couple of days, I figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook. Early in the morning, when my aunt was asleep. She always slept so soundly. And she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out. And it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step, and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side, and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool! Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich! You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are. The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook. What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? 
I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia. I think he'll be displeased, and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again? Where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I love my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses. Stop. The horror immediately evaporated. Really? I frowned, and only now, looking closely at my aunt, I noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter. In fact, she wasn't holding back anymore. Aunt Nikki was laughing like a madwoman. And I threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number. Sylvia, come on. It's no time to talk. There was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. The Oscars were on their way, Mom. I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures. So she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school. To save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like. You all know I adore that silly girl. I patted Whitney's cheek, and she jokingly poked me on the side. We adore you too, our dear subscribers, added Whitney. See you again soon. Ciao. I sent an air kiss to the camera, and we finished the broadcast. Get your hands off me, goat. I hissed angrily and pushed Whitney away. Don't touch me, you fool. She waved her fist at me. I hope this is our last broadcast. I can't stand you any longer. It's mutual, Trisha. Whitney finally left, and I was able to exhale in peace. Hi, my name is Trisha, and I have to pretend to be friends with my nemesis for the sake of the hype. Whitney and I were never friends, and we've disliked each other since primary school. This upstart pissed me off so much that we were literally fighting every day. You won't believe it, but at one point, our parents even stopped being called to the principal's office because everyone is fed up with our feud. When we moved to high school, the feud only intensified. The first love and attention only fueled our hatred. As it happens, we were the prettiest girls in school and I had to make all sorts of shenanigans with Whitney to hold on to the lead. I messed up her hair and clothes, set her up in front of the cool guys, and tried to turn her studies into a nightmare. But Whitney was a tough nut to crack. One Valentine's Day, she did me so bad that I've been cleaning up the aftermath for a year. Whitney sent all the nerds Valentine's cards on my behalf. 
signed in my handwriting and with a print of red lipstick. She even spritzed the valentines with the same perfume as mine. She wrote that I was ready to go on a date with each of the nerds. After all, they are worthy of attention despite their lame appearance and an irresistible craving for video games and anime. The whole pimple army just flooded me with messages and they even started hitting on me at school. In the end, the cool guys started laughing at me and the stubborn nerds waited for their moment of stardom. I even had to close my social media pages. And that is a big blow to my ratings. After that, I ordered myself a huge pillow with Whitney's face on it. And every day, I'd hit it as hard as I could, taking out all my anger. But worst of all, it started when I transferred to another school. Or rather not just me, but that upstart Whitney. I was ready to spit venom. There she was again. However, the children at the new school thought first that we were just friends in a fight and word spread around the school about cool girls like us. We can take down a couple of local school queens and take the crown away from them. These words made our sense of self-importance break through the ceiling. And we decided that we could certainly use that kind of popularity. Meeting at the best pizzeria, Whitney and I have decided to sign a temporary truce. I'm willing to put up with you for that. I'm 70% fame, you're 30, Whitney declared. What? I'm 80 and you're 20. I got angry. Sure, chicken. You're the chicken. I took the juice and threw it in her face. We got into a fight and tore down the nearest tables. And so it was up to me and Whitney, blazing with anger, to wash all the dishes in the cafe to pay the fine, as we didn't have enough money. One way or another, we came to a common decision. And the next day, two classmates, Whitney and Trisha, showed up at school. The boys ran after us like puppies. But the girls didn't like it. Naturally, conspiracies began to form against us. But hardened fighters like us coped with these attacks together. Courtney and Suzanne, the local queens of the school, they didn't want to give us the upper hand. And I had a plan to stomp on them. Whitney, remember your Valentine's Day stunt? Of course I remember. It's the best surgery I've ever had. I made you a real sucker. Whitney laughed quite a bit. I couldn't stand it and we had a fight, breaking each other's nails and messing up each other's hair. However, we implemented our plan with Valentine's. Whitney did everything like a true master framer. And so Courtney and Suzanne are being chased by a mob of nerds and the other guys laughed dismissively at them. We won, but to stop there would have been foolish. And so our shared blog on all social media was born. We won the hearts of thousands of viewers. But behind the scenes, we were ready to eat each other up every day. Donations, likes, fame, and dates with cool guys were the best reward for patience. But then something happened that I didn't even expect from Whitney. On another broadcast, she suddenly offered her subscribers a poll. Who is the coolest girl between the two of us after all? I, of course, wanted to finish the broadcast quickly, but the audience liked the idea. Voting began to gain momentum. Whitney was suddenly winning by a huge margin. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, thank you, my darlings, said Whitney in a sweet voice. Thank you. But I don't think it's fair to poor Trisha. You know what? I give the title of the coolest girl to her. Whitney ostentatiously put the crown on me and jumped with joy. I was shocked and I didn't know what to say. When the broadcast ended, I even decided to thank Whitney. I didn't expect that from you. Thank you, Whitney. I lowered my gaze modestly. I think we should stop feuding, Trisha. We are a great team. We hugged and I felt a strange lightness. When I got home, I even threw away the battering cushion with Whitney's face on it. The truce has even cheered me up. I didn't notice how the boys started to treat us. Whitney was basking in the glory, and all I got was condescending and pitiful smiles and compliments. It was only then that it dawned on me. Whitney made a poor lamb out of me. She, like a kind fairy, gave me the crown, encouraged everyone to spoil me with likes and comments, and she was gaining popularity herself. You hear that, fairy godmother? I'm going to rip your hair out. I pounced on Whitney right before the shoot. It's taking you a long time, Trisha. 
grinned the cheeky girl. Poor thing, I'm only trying to shelter you in my shadow from trouble. I'm going to rip your hair out. We started fighting again. I made such a mess of Whitney that she was sure she wasn't going to live. But Whitney showed herself confidently on camera. Suddenly, she started telling everyone that she was just sick. But she came to the broadcast for me. For me! And she began to bask in the glory rays again. But I got a lot of disapproving comments. That same day, I bought a new pillow with Whitney's picture on it. Only this time in full size. And beat her until she ran out of strength. Oh, how she pisses me off! This broadcast is where my story began. And it will end with my victory, rest assured. At another meeting with subscribers, I decided that the poor lamb would be Whitney and slipped a laxative into her milkshake. Oh, there was no face on Whitney, and I groomed her in every way possible. At the same time, talking to everyone else and hanging out. Trisha, we think we better get together another time. Subscribers gathered around Whitney. Yes, Whitney's not feeling well. She needs to rest. Come on, let's party! I jumped up on a chair and started dancing. The truth is that it only made everyone angry. And then Whitney turned to the others with a faint smile. Guys, let Trisha have some fun. She really needs it now. Don't worry about me. And she collapsed. I went from being a poor lamb to a disgusting toad. Enough! That's enough! I shouted. Listen, we're not friends. We've hated each other since we were kids. I hate Whitney, and she hates me. We fight and quarrel all the time. Come on, Whitney, tell them the truth. Oh, you poor thing. Whitney came up to me. Trisha, if you want, I'll give you our blog. Don't hurt my heart with words like that. Whitney squeezed out a tear. After that, I was almost thrown out of the party right into the street. I had to block all my social media again because I've been inundated with angry messages. And at school, I even had to eat lunch in the backyard next to the most accomplished losers. But the wrangling with Whitney has stopped. It was as if we no longer existed for each other. Whitney continued to blog alone and I concentrated on my studies because college is only a month away. My whole life has turned gray. I had money and no matter what, the guys were still chasing me. But something very important is missing, without which every day was dreary and monotonous. I noticed that Whitney too, despite her fame, is not glowing with happiness. We were just passing through, and for a month, we haven't even said a word to each other. So I wanted to hear something from her, even if it was just another insult. I denied with all my might that I missed Whitney. We've been feuding for so long that I realized with horror that she was the closest human I had. I got a boyfriend, but even he couldn't fill that void. The night before graduation, I felt so sad that I stopped hitting the pillow with Whitney's face and hugged it. It's not hard to guess that I was the outsider at the prom. Even my boyfriend was scared to be around me, and he ended up just leaving me alone to dance. At one point, a huge piñata with my picture on it was dragged onto the dance floor, and they started beating her with bats to get the sweets. And I was breathless with resentment. That's enough! Are you animals? Whitney came out to them. She deserved it! Shouted someone from the crowd. I was sure it was another one of Whitney's plans, and just watched it all holding back tears. In the end, I couldn't stand it and decided to leave the prom. And I've been dreaming of it for so long. This part of the hall was very dark and I thought it was a great chance to slip away. But then someone sat down next to me and sighed heavily. I didn't think prom was gonna suck so badly. Was Whitney's voice. Are you serious? Gloating? I snapped. But in my heart, I was glad she came to me. No. This has gone too far, Trisha. I didn't want it to. There was silence, but we stayed seated next to each other. Why don't we go and sit down at our favorite pizza place? She suddenly asked. Are you trying to poison me? You've got lots of friends here. Hang out with them. Friends, Whitney grinned. I thought long and hard about friendship. And you know what I realized? 
Because of our feud, I've never had a friend closer than you. I know the feeling. I grinned too. And we suddenly <laughs> laughed. Whitney and I left the evening without saying anything to anyone. Most of the night, we ate pizza and chatted. It turns out, we knew everything about each other. Our interests, favorite music, soap operas, and food. We used to use it as a weapon, and now it has become a topic of our friendly conversation. Naturally, we applied to the best college in the state and ended up studying there together. It's hard to believe, but we become such close friends that I began to think of Whitney as my sister. This story ended with a very important discovery for me. Sometimes teenage feuds are just a thirst for attention, and your enemy may be your closest friend. Because in fact, your interests and views are very similar. Have you ever had a situation where your enemy has become a loyal friend or even a loved one? Write your stories in the comments. It'll be very interesting. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like, and share this video with your friends. Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square cretin coldly wrapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay. My name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage, where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care. I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain, and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me. But our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people, if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they'd just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me, but it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college. It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha, <laughs> Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee Dee? That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He is a millionaire, and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network, the mysterious millionaire, and there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. 
Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin, with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, he wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it. It's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life. I've never had any money. And greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it. They forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way! And half the girls in college want to kill you for it. That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking. And then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no. Or, oh yes. What should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Dee Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally. He'd toss them to me, or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first, I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan, don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that, because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth, and I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they are ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one, and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird! I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan, and then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes. But the most cringeworthy part was ahead. 
They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me, and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris, and he proposed to me right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy and me rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me, turned her back to the window. And then she continued, you're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion, the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me, but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how he found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears, and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time, and Dylan said he'd give me another chance. But now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments. Like this video and send it to your friends. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.